Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Yahoo! Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 238 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the transforming, transformative creatrix behind kick-ass switch putting the k in magic and hippie witch the show you are listening to right now i also have a free ebook by that name hippie witch peace love and all that good shit and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on blog talk radio where you will also find a link to today's very very special guest who comes at special request from the awesome, magical Nicole, and uh, she kind of hooked us up. And her name is <laughs> her name is Paige, and you might know her from the Fat Feminist Witch podcast. Yay! Welcome to the Hi. show. Hi! <laughs> welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited you're here, especially <laughs> now that I've gotten to talk to you for a second before we were recording. I'm like, yeah, like, whoa, like we, we can talk. <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me, I can I can talk. We'll be here a while. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm I was aware of you, but I don't have a lot of time to like you know pursue everything that crosses my path. It took Nicole kind of hitting me over the head and saying like, <laughs> "You guys should interview each other" or something like that. And I was like, "Okay, uh, who is this person?" Because I trust Nicole; she's got great taste. And um, and sure enough, you are fabulous. She was right, so I'm really happy to have you here. I know she sent me the same kind of messages and, and stuff on Twitter, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great," but like, you know, after the million other things, right? Exactly, have going exactly. On. But she's like a witchy podcast matchmaker, so there you yeah. Go. <laughs> so, um, I the theme for the month here on all things Kickass Witch, but on the podcast as well is um, transformation, and I've actually. That was also like a fan pick. I asked people what they wanted the theme to be, and that one kind of jumped out most prominently. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm all about it. But then once I like started coming up with, uh, trying to come up with podcast episodes and newsletters and all this stuff, I was like, holy crap, I don't know what to say because I'm always talking about this. And then I kind of yeah. came to the realization that I view magic and transformation almost interchangeably so yeah um, I'm the same way I, it's it they almost sound like the same the same concept to me and there's something especially around this time of year that I'm always thinking about and working on even if I don't think of it specifically <laughs> yeah I think I'm I'm a chronic transformer I don't know I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by the ways people use magic but also all the mundane ways they use to it's like a continuing evolution to like constantly transform and become their best selves. And it's just interesting to me endlessly. So I would love your take on it. If you have any thoughts about the word transformation. Transformation is one of those things. Like it almost sounds like hyper magical, but really all it is is like, it's like growth over time. And I feel like as soon as you stop doing any sort of growth or change, you're, I, I mean, it's just over. What's even the point? Um, you're not having any fun. You're not doing anything different. You're not experiencing other things. And I just, 
I find the idea that you can just change your surroundings or yourself or your life with magic just over and over until you, you find all of the lessons you want to learn, like, just really gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it just, it gives me a reason to get up. Like, what new thing can I do today? What new kind of, you know, skills can I pick up? What kind of new things can I add to the world? And like, after you start doing that, you start seeing how much everything changes around you. And it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. I love that you use the word fun and hope both. I This morning, I just kind of had this aha moment. And I... I had to write a newsletter, so I just went with the aha <laughs> moment and like, put it in the newsletter. But I was thinking about, uh, kind of in this way, all these transformations, all this growth, it's almost like we're coming back to ourselves or like coming into like our full potential, our full divine selves, if you will. So it's this very yeah. strange like loop, almost. <laughs> you know, like we forget who we are, and then we spend the rest of our lives becoming who we are. <laughs> trying to get our way back to that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think we f- feel those aha moments or why like a really good transformation or transformational moment, it feels like familiar. It feels like, aha, uh, like this is so right, you know? Yeah, of course this makes sense. Why didn't I think of this earlier? People say that all the time. Why didn't I think of this earlier? This is such a natural progression. Meanwhile, it's something totally new. How would you have thought about it earlier? Yeah. But there's still that like recognition that this this is something that already made sense and would have made sense forever ago if we'd thought of it. A thing about your title too I have to say <laughs> I liked you before I listened to you because you literally like the name of your business and your blog and your podcast <laughs> is literally the fat feminist witch and I was like man you really can't be more pol- <laughs> more polarizing than that like all three of those words I think bring up feelings for people whether very very good or very very bad and yeah that's something I always what people ask me like how do I start my own online business I always throw be polarizing and they're like be your most radical self because that's how you connect with like your tribe right but I was also thinking about the word fat and the word transformation and how so much of that is presented as like how to not be fat anymore right yeah And I was thinking, I'm just curious, like for you, was owning the word fat a transformative experience for you? Or did you just always, you're like, hey, I'm fat, I'm fluffy, I'm witchy, I'm I'm all these things, you know? Or did it take some sort of process to where you're like, I own feminism, I own witchcraft, I own fat, I own these words? It was definitely, it was definitely a process. I haven't always used the worst word fat and especially with fat. If someone else says that I'm still like, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. Because, (laughs) because I know with, um, with most people still, even those of us who use it for ourselves, it's still a word that, you know, you, you have this knee jerk reaction like, oh no, this is, this is insulting or this is offensive. This is really bad. And that's kind of the reason I use it. You know, it's, Fat is something, you know, it's in our food, it's in our bodies. Everyone has fat in their bodies. Some have more, some have less. And it's just, it's odd that we apply some sort of, like, morality to the word fat. Like, as if fat could be inherently negative, even though we need fat to live. And, like, everyone has fat. It's just, it's too much taking, like, a really 
non-polarizing descriptor and adding that polarization. So I think using it just makes it so much less scary. And it makes other people rethink the way they use the word fat after hearing it so much from people who are like, yeah, I'm fat and I'm excited. But for me, that wasn't like, (laughs) I didn't just do that forever. I've been fat forever. But it was always one of those things where it was like, if you mention the fact that I'm fat, we're going to have a problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, but a, a couple of years ago, I, I kind of went through this this transformative experience. I, I read this book called Dietland. And, and in the book, there's a the main character is fat and she is someone who diets all the time and she's a yo-yo dieter and tries fad diets. And I've, I, I've never gone that far because dieting sucks and I hate it. <laughs> It's just not fun. It's not fun at all. And I like food, so I I don't really diet. But there was this idea that she was holding on to this future when she would just instantly transform into like the beautiful slender Barbie doll she always imagined she'd be. And she had been putting her life on hold until that happened. And at a certain point in the book, she had to confront the fact that like, there's no skinny girl in there. You're not just going (laughs) to shed your skin and be thin. That's not the way things work. You either have to go through all that and and do whatever you got to do to be that skinny or you have to be willing to live your life as a fat person and you got to make that choice right now. You can't keep holding on. And I was like, wow, I really need to just start living my life. That is so (laughs) good. Yeah, I'm like, this can't hold me back. I didn't even realize that I was holding on to that idea that one day I would be like a normal sized person and I could go out and live a normal life. I didn't even realize I thought that way yeah. until it was pointed out. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I don't need to be like this at all. I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> I just saw a thing on Twitter yesterday. Some uh, I'm going to get it wrong, maybe, but it's like reclaim, the, <laughs> reclaim the beach. And it was like yeah. women we're going to go to the beach in our bathing suits. Sorry if you don't like our bodies, but we're going to rock it out and we're going to actually live our lives. It's amazing how many women, but I don't know how this affects men. Um, it probably does some men too. They like literally don't do the things they want to do with their lives and enjoy it to the fullest because they don't want to be seen in a bathing suit. You know what I mean? And yeah. Just- they don't, they don't want to be seen in a bathing suit. So they don't go to the beach or they, they think they're going to have to ask for, um, I know I know a lot of fat women have a problem. They don't want to ask for a seatbelt extender or something on a plane. So they just they don't go on vacation. Wow. (laughs) And that almost sounds like I I get why they're doing it. But it, it sounds almost ridiculous to me. It's just too much. I can't do that stuff anymore. I can't hold back just because I'm afraid of being fat or looking fat or having to say I'm fat and I need something different because I'm fat. It's a scary idea, but you just, you can't, the alternative just isn't, it isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what I think for people that do want to lose weight, can you imagine starting from that place that you're talking about? Like full, full acceptance of yourself. Like I love this body that I'm in. Right right now yeah. right now and i'm going to love every version of this body for as long as i live like there are thin women that that go through that too like that's what's oh, yeah. that's what that's what's crazy we have like collective body dysmorphic disorder or something a lot of people yeah. do especially when they're young um yeah i was afraid to bring the word up fat because because of all the reasons that you said it reminds yeah. me of the way I I'm a skinny white girl, 
blonde hair, <laughs> blue eyes. And I have this crazy thing about black girl magic that happened. You know, last year it was like all about black girl magic. And I was yeah. so in awe and inspired by like all these black women that were coming forward and speaking out politically and and I just because of the hashtag black girl magic it was like making me aware of all of these women I was like oh I'm like so admiring but I don't know how to talk about this because I don't feel like I can (laughs) and then I'm like do I say black or do I say african-american I don't know and it's like um sometimes words can keep us from connecting with each other yeah that is so absolutely true Mm-hmm. So absolutely true. I know I try to um, I try to be very like diplomatic with my wording when I'm doing like the podcast or the blog, and I'll like, I'll even be like, some people say this or this. I prefer to say this because of these reasons. I find I'm like ex- explaining why I use certain words, and sometimes it's like because just because I'm white. If you're not white, you don't have to say it like this. Yes. And I I always try to ask other people like, am I doing it right? Does this does this sound crazy? Like my white ears can't really hear if something sounds wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I end up, <laughs> I end up just asking. And most of the time that goes pretty well. Yeah. Most of the time. Most, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> most of the time. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for putting it out there. I feel, um, not the same exactly, but the word <laughs> which I like to use because of the polarizing energy of it. And uh, it's a kind of a reclamation, I think, of like women's power because a lot of times, I mean, I don't even know that anybody that was persecuted as a witch called themselves a witch. It was an accusation. Yeah. And, yeah, most of the time for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, there's something about that that I really enjoy. Like, ha, I'm a witch. And guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Not legally anyway. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. In some in some places they still can. Although Canada has recently legalized witchcraft, which is like super hilarious, but thanks. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I didn't really need you to do that, but thank you anyways. Yeah, it's the same reason I liked to use words like fat and feminist is cuz they instantly like have that knee-jerk reaction where you have to think about all oh, I think of this word so negatively, but then you have to think about why you think of that word negatively. Mm-hmm. So when you meet like a totally cool average person, they're like, yeah, I'm a witch. All of a sudden you have to be like, okay, this person's cool and they don't seem, you know, totally out of sorts. They're not, you know, going through a psychotic episode. They're <laughs> not, nothing weird is happening. I'm not in an alternate dimension. We're not in a movie. I'm not getting punked. This must be something that's kind of real. And it must be pretty normal. <laughs> and so, like, you, when people are confronted with some scary words, like which they have to realize, oh, this is a thing that normal people can be. Yes, yes. And I think you were talking about on your about page how feminist and witch, for you, they kind of come from a, a similar place that way. Yeah. 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 And, and I feel like feminists are going through that same kind of problem right now where someone says they're a feminist and people are like, oh, my God, but why? What do you do? You hate men? And they have to constantly be like, no, look, I'm a normal person. And this is something that I believe in. Like, you just have to think about it a little bit differently. And it's it's making people think about it a little bit differently. It's funny. I feel like I have to, like, break that news to people sometimes. Like when I say, yeah. when I say it, I feel like I'm saying it. <laughs> 
because I'm very goofy and I'm very silly and I'm very fun loving and I love people so I make really quick connections with people I love men I get along with them very very well and and then it's funny after like I'll tell a man for example that I'm a feminist and it's just like Irk. well what, yeah. do you, what do you mean you're so cool uh you know like you don't <laughs> yeah. hate you don't hate men and I'm like yeah you're so it, horrible. exactly and I'm not only so cool I'm like extra cool cuz I'm a feminist <laughs> that's right you know what I I'm sure I was cool before I was a feminist <laughs> but um I didn't get along with women very well. They didn't think I was cool. So I don't know. Now I think both genders think I'm a little bit cool, <laughs> which helps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's always this problem where like if I go on a date or I'm meeting a guy, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like I I talk about feminism all the time. And they're like, wait a minute. Do you really feel like I have more rights than you? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. I want to give a shout out to all the I want to give a shout out to all the men, especially last year I noticed this, but just in general wearing those shirts like this is what a feminist looks like. And there's so yeah. many men, there's so many men that are claiming that too because it's really just about human rights, but um, Yeah, and I I always feel like I can breathe this sigh of relief. Like now I don't have to break the feminist <laughs> card <laughs> to them because it's already it's out there. I don't even have to say anything. That's so easy. I wish more men were like, yeah, I think women should have rights and like get paid the same thing I do. Also, my name is Sean or whatever. <laughs> 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 you know, during our handshake, I think that would make my life so much easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny, too, is you started, um, I don't know if you start all your podcasts this way, but you started a podcast, something like introducing it as ranting, raving, and wand waving. And, yeah. Um, and you do have these really strong opinions, but they're wrapped in so much friendly fun. Do you know what I mean? That it's yeah. it's like, and a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah, because I think, I don't know, I don't think being like a political activist and having fun are mutually exclusive. Like, I love activism and I love caring about stuff and I love talking about really important issues, but like you can do that and still enjoy your life. Like I don't just walk around like fighting with everybody or yelling at people or anything like that. I, I try to really enjoy activism and caring about other people. And so I tried to make my podcast like fun and serious. I don't know. I'm a Capricorn. I think seriousness is fun. So <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. There's, there's a meme that, that, that uh, I guess it's the alt-right that spreads it around, but it's like a split screen, and one side are, like, these super tan bikini beach babes, you know, with, like, the, the balls, <laughs> the fake boobs, and the super blonde hair, and the tan tan, yeah. and, like, the American flag bikini, and the next to them is, like, these women running naked in the streets, and they're making these, like, Rah! like, the ugly faces, because they're, like, <laughs> and their bodies are painted, and they're, like, this is what a feminist looks like. Like, what do you prefer? And, and I'm always like, I, I like the feminists. <laughs> I think <laughs> they they're having fun. Having a pretty good time. They're yeah. Fun. Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't look. That doesn't look so bad to me. You know. I know. I. I just. I. I don't know. I. I don't think caring about stuff is not fun. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it makes me kind of sad, and sometimes I have to take breaks from the news because it's either sad or you know, the American government keeps telling me that what I see didn't actually happen, which I think is really scary. Yes. <laughs> so I have to like back off from the news sometimes. But 
you know, I really have a lot of fun, like talking about feminism and talking about, you know, even racism. It's not fun to talk about racism so much, but talking about ways to include people of other cultures and stuff. It's, it's fun and it's exciting. I wish, (laughs) I wish more people felt more fun and excited about it. I hope after listening to my show, they feel fun and excited and not sad. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by you're an activist? Um, Can you unpack that a little bit? Like an activist for what? Is it a feminist thing or is it broader than that? I try. um, Gosh, I I try not to pick any like one thing that I care about the most, although feminism is probably up there just because I think it affects all human beings. And I really I really try that. But I just I try really hard to be thoughtful in all things that I do. So in my interactions with other people, I, I try really hard to be thoughtful of issues like culture or racism, you know, or, or if I accidentally offend people, I'm really quick to apologize and say like, I'm really sorry, like I didn't, I really didn't mean to, can you please explain to me how I don't do this again? I really try to treat other people with respect and help other people. I try to help animals, I love animals, but I don't belong to any particular organizations. But as soon as, you know, there's a protest in town that needs bodies, needs people and needs voices, you know, I'm there. I love to share activist causes with other people. I just, I try to apply my values to just about everything I do. And I often think that if doing bad things makes you a bad person, then doing good things helps you be a good person. So I try to actively do good things instead of just thinking good things. (laughs) Wait a minute, you're an atheist, aren't you? Most of the time. (laughs) An atheist with values? Yeah, uh, it turns out you don't really have to believe in any sort of deity to, like, decide what kind of person you want to be. I had no idea. but Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's totally possible. But, yeah, I do, have, I do have pretty strong ethics that I totally made up on my own <laughs> <laughs> and decided on over the last 30 years of life. You know, some things are things I learned from other people, like... Um, my mom always used to say that any religion that excludes people isn't the right one. <laughs> so I had a hell of a time finding a religion to belong to, and I decided none of these are the right one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just based on that alone. Mm-hmm. And also, how can you be a witch if you don't believe in a god and a goddess? Oh, I can believe in tons of crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe in tons of other stuff other than gods and goddesses. I still... I love mythology and I love books and I love history. I was going to school for history for a while. So I really love the mythology of deities and stuff like that. But I like to think of stories about deities or or old folk tales and stuff like that. I like to think of them as almost like morality tales where you're supposed to learn about certain behaviors or or certain feelings or or lessons or whatever you want to call it um, based on the behavior of the people in these stories and so gods and goddesses are all kind of they're like themes or archetypes you know they're they're one kind of person basically so when you have a goddess who is focused on fertility she's there to teach you about that specific issue that's something she focuses on she's an expert in it and you can learn through those stories about her but you don't necessarily have to believe you're talking to a person because that's difficult 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. difficult for people. It's really difficult to me to feel like I'm talking to an invisible person, but I can still read these stories and learn something and use that kind of energy that I get reading the stories or hearing about it or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, like I said, I'm an atheist most of the time. I don't believe I'm talking directly to deities, but I also don't believe that other people aren't. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. I think, yeah, I think it's all really specific. I can learn from, from other people's deities and other people are obviously learning great stuff from them. So it's just one of those things. I think um, sometimes I often think it could be that gods and deities exist, but because I'm such a like down-to-earth Capricorn, I just can't see them in like a literal way (laughs) it's just not something my brain can make sense of so maybe this is the way that I interact with deities if they're real who knows right so have you ever worked with a deity in in for a period of time with that understand like as an archetype because you're interested in fertility like you mentioned something like that uh yeah actually you know what I still do it all the time I have um I have a, I have a lot of decks, card decks, and I have uh, the Doreen Virtue Goddess deck, and I also have another one of the Norse gods and goddesses. I don't even really know who most of the Norse gods and goddesses are, but they're really cool rune cards. And every now and then, I'll feel like I need a little bit of inspiration, or I need a particular type of en- energy, and I'll still go into one of those decks and I'll pull out a goddess who who kind of represents the vibe I'm working with and put it out there just as kind of a uh, recommendation. Lately, I've had little pictures of Freya everywhere, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Right, <laughs> and I, yeah, she's just all of a sudden I have little Freya cards or pictures or or things with her name on it all over the house, and I didn't realize it was happening. And I I didn't really do it so much on purpose, but stuff like that does happen to me. And most of the time, it's that the artwork is really inspirational or makes me feel a certain way or the things that I know about Freya I remember when I see the card or the image so it helps me out so like I said I don't really know if the gods are there or not (laughs) Mm -hmm. they they totally could be it would make just as much sense (laughs) I'm such a movie nut I did a podcast episode a long time ago about creating your own pop pantheon based on I mean it could be anything it could be a fictional character but it could also be like a celebrity that really inspires you you know it could be a number of things but I think sometimes too it's like they didn't have movies back in the day you know yeah (laughs) and a lot of people couldn't read and um so I I feel like these mythologies carried those archetypes forward we still put them in our movies today some of, yeah. the, some of the biggest blockbuster movies are based on these ancient archetypes, which is fascinating. They're they're timeless in a way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially like Greek mythology. Lately, there's so much. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's kind of constant. When I was a kid, it was all Xena and Hercules. And now you have like the Percy Jacksons for kids and Wonder Woman has a lot of Greek. Like we can't let that stuff go. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for that. I, wa- I like to wonder. I'm, I'm not a person that really gets into like, this is the truth. I like to like consider all the different truths, but I like, yeah. I like to consider too, like these could just be parts of ourselves, you know, that we're taking out and amplifying um, to be able to tap into that energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think the reason so many deities, you know, in antiqu- antiquity were like that, where they were like, 
they weren't really one-dimensional. They had stories and lives and stuff, but they really focused on a certain theme, like each deity did. They all had this one main thing that they really did, or maybe two. And I think the reason it's like that is because people were trying to deal with that part of themselves or those specific feelings and they just they applied personhood to it because it made the most sense and you know when they needed to deal with something else they could deal with another deity so it didn't get very confusing like i think that's the reason you have so many of them because people are trying to find someone else to relate to but on certain issues mm-hmm. and we have all these selves inside of us really i don't yeah, I, I can like woo go way far. I, I like the stoner, like trippy, like woo kind of. Like. Oh, I know it gets really big after a while. But it's so fun. I love talking about this stuff. Um, but I've said it all here, so I will spare everyone hearing me say it again for the millionth time. Honestly, anything could just be possible. I live in this world. When I talk about witchcraft, sometimes I feel like I'm not giving someone an answer. I'm like, just just go with whatever you feel. Anything's possible. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I really, do you have a definition for what witchcraft is? Or do you discern between magic and transformation? And are those two different questions? I don't know. Oh my God, I don't know if they're different questions. I think they're different parts of the same question. So witchcraft is something I definitely use for transformation, for sure. And I definitely transform through using witchcraft. Uh, but I also transform in like other ways, you know, in my like regular average Joe life. There's stuff I do that really technically has nothing to do with witchcraft. But as far as what witchcraft means is, <laughs> gosh, what a hard like. <laughs> I used to think that witchcraft meant like actively taking part in creating magic on a regular basis. But I mean, there's some days where the witchiest thing I do all day is write a blog post. And that's that's not super magical. <laughs> Even if I'm writing about magic or witchcraft, it's not a super magical experience. Like, I'm in my underpants eating Cheetos out the bag. Like, it's not cute. Um, <laughs> See, I would argue with you. It might not be a, it might not be a romantic experience, but you're, crea- yeah. you're creating something out of nothing in your underwear eating a bag of Cheetos. Exactly. That's how I try to look at it. So instead of like thinking that witchcraft is, you know, putting on all your black and your pentacles and casting spells, sometimes it's just applying what you've learned from witchcraft to the regular world or um, thinking about witchcraft or writing about it in a blog post. I think it's mostly just um, trying really hard. Well, not even really hard, but for me, witchcraft is just finding a way to connect with something that's not in the regular world that that gets you the stuff that the regular world is missing. So if you feel like your average life is missing magical or whimsy, you can find that with witchcraft. If you find that your average life is missing money, you can get it with witchcraft. You know, it's if you feel like you need a spiritual connection or you need something deep and you need to connect to other people, you can find that in witchcraft it's different for everybody but it's always this idea that something is missing from your life and you can add to it through this practice however you choose to practice it 
it's a fun question to ask because it's different for everybody. You know, it's, it's one of those everybody. things. Yeah, if you ask a different witch, you'll get a different answer. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, and like I like asking like Wiccans what it is because they have like a whole they have a whole thing, right? Wiccans are cool because they have like a whole actual like religion to pull from of actual like texts and literature and stuff. So I like to ask what witchcraft means to them because it's always a lot of like really interesting ritual and stuff and it sounds so much witchier than what I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and other people that have like a really set routine with witchcraft, I'm super like just I just throw stuff around. <laughs> Or I light an incense stick. You know, that meme online of the girl hitting the pots and pans being like, those ghosts better get the hell out of my house. That's me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think of it as a lifestyle. Like, it's... Um, yeah. I think we're all creative beings. And I think magic is creating your life with intention, right? Like, creating yeah. change on purpose. And then witchcraft is sort of like the art of that. It's like the the creative process of that so like I think of witchcraft as being more for people who want to get like crafty with it right hands-on yeah. artistic romantic whatever you know like they want to make a big deal about it because it that in and of itself enhances their spirituality somehow I don't think it's necessary yeah. I think you can be very magical like just practice the law of attraction without all the bells and whistles but the, yeah. bells, the bells and whistles are fun the bells and whistles are so much fun. <laughs> I, I, um, I've made it kind of a career for the last few years of working in metaphysical stores, mostly because it gets me a discount on all the metaphysical junk that I love. <laughs> but I love like fun witchy candles and I love little cauldrons and I just like, I love every now and then to just gather up a whole bunch of witchy stuff all the bell bells and whistles, sometimes literal bells and whistles, and do like a full moon ritual in my full 90s witch regalia. You know, I, I love doing that sometimes, and it makes me feel so happy and creative, kind of like I'm painting a picture or creating a work of art. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a super creative experience when you do get bells and whistles up in involved, and it's fun. <laughs> so is this a career you said the word career I'm thinking like is the fat feminist witch do, are you seeing this as a career path or why did you start the podcast maybe we should start there oh professional witch uh <laughs> well uh you know like like other witches who found witchcraft through 90s wicca I had this dream of owning a metaphysical store right who didn't everybody saw it in movies or, or books or something and we all wanted to own a witchy store bookstore stuff store and I really wanted that and um that's something I've wanted since I was a little kid but it was always one of those fantasy things you know one of those silly fantasies that aren't that aren't real never gonna happen and I was also always interested in going into radio again that didn't happen either and when I got older I found a job at a metaphysical store I never thought I would even find a job like that. My friend and I called it the great white buffalo of retail jobs because those jobs never open up. <laughs> <laughs> and within a couple weeks of working there, I was like, oh, no, like I've dug my heels in. This is it. <laughs> I never want to do anything else except talk about witchcraft all day, every day for the rest of my life. Like I was just hooked after years of being the laziest witch pagan person I could find. <laughs> I barely did anything. I didn't celebrate. I didn't do a lot of group stuff. But working in that store and just talking to individual people about witchcraft all the time, 
in answering all their questions and helping people discover new ways to be spiritual was so amazing. It was, it sounds so cheesy, but that was totally my calling. Unfortunately, that store specifically was not. <laughs> that store was a bad call, super bad call. And the store after it, although it was great and the owners were great, it has since closed down. And the podcast gave me a way um, when that job ended to keep doing the same thing, which was talking to people about witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And I started meeting, you know, witches that have new ideas about witchcraft. And then I started sharing some of my own kind of wacky ideas that I always thought were just me. And it turns out tons of people think the same thing. Like, the podcast was started as a way for me to just keep connecting with people and talking to people and teaching people and learning stuff from others. But it's really grown into something that I don't think I could ever stop doing. Even if it's not the podcast, even if I do something different right now, I'm doing a group and we're doing Facebook live and I'm loving the Facebook live. <laughs> I don't even like videos, but I love doing Facebook live because I just, I love talking to people about magic and it's it's all I want to do forever. I just want to talk to people about magic forever. That's, That's What's the name of your group? The group is called the Witch and Bitch. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah, my friend said it one time. It was almost like a like a witchy version of a girls' night. She's like, yeah, it's a witch and bitch. You get together, you're a bunch of witches, and you you either do witchcraft or you bitch about stuff or you do both. And I'm like, that's my life right there. <laughs> <laughs> can how can people join in on that right now if they're just hearing about it for the first time? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's through Patreon.com. So Patreon.com slash the Fat Feminist Witch. And there's a couple different ways to join up. But basically, there's um, through Patreon, you can do the, the monthly donations. Well, what I have instead is each monthly donation amount actually gets you into the group and gets you some free stuff. So right now we're learning. Um, we're talking, we're doing a book club and we're talking about the Akashic Records by reading the book DIY Akashic Wisdom by Jackie Smith and Patty Shaw from Coventry Creations Candles, <laughs> which is in Michigan. So I, I get a lot of their stuff all the time here. Um, but we're learning about the Akashic Records and how to like uh, work with your past lives and heal any sort of past pain or, or advance your, your goals and stuff by working in the Akashic Records. Lots of transformation there. And... <laughs> I've been learning so much from the other people in the group and what they experience and what they talk to. And it's been so, so cool. Mm. So cool to see what other people are learning about themselves via the Akashic Records and past lives and stuff. Yeah, that's one of the main things I think that's going to make this career sustainable for you is because clearly you love people and you love making those connections, but you have an open mind and you're open to hearing other ideas and letting it like expand transform i'm gonna try, i'm gonna try to use that word as many times as i can today um, it, people at home it's a new drinking game every time we say transform <laughs> yes. right. yeah yeah but I, I i and you know what i had a similar thing um when i very first started my podcast of like i don't know how weird this is and um this might just be me, but then you get all this <laughs> feedback of people being like, oh my God, I feel exactly the same way. And you're like, yeah. you oh my God, I thought I was such a freak. <laughs> it's so wild. Like it's, it's endlessly surprising. Every time I get a message and someone's like, wow, I feel exactly the same way and didn't know anyone else did. I'm like, really? Yes. <laughs> you really, really do? I can't believe it. Even though that's like, you know, the 30th message I've gotten about that, it, I'm still 
so excited to find out that like these random <laughs> thoughts about witchcraft I always had like something like this should change other people like I wish it would too it's so exciting yeah. it's and I I've been doing so much different stuff. My witchcraft has changed a lot since starting the podcast. It's great. Yeah, me too. I feel very like uh, I started videos in 2011. I started my business in 2012. I started my podcast in 2013. And I just never <laughs> want to go back and listen to any of that because clear, surely I don't agree with like 50% of what I said. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People will be like, oh, my God, I'm starting your podcast from the beginning. I'm like, you are? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Can you start it like the middle? And <laughs> <laughs> What did I say? I don't even know what I said anymore. <laughs> yeah, some of my first few episodes, even though they were only like two years ago, I'm like, gosh, I don't even remember what I was talking about, what my point was, or or any of that. So I'm hoping people, you know, if they get anything out of that, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> and again, transformation is an evolution, right? So it's like, I think magical people do that. Like we are, we're evolving and growing and shifting and changing. And it's, the, what's the opposite of that? Like stagnation, a person who's yeah. like reliving the glory days of high school in their mind and they're still wearing like acid wash jeans and a mullet <laughs> and like <laughs> their football jersey because oh. they, they can't they can't let go and like step into the unknown do you know what I mean yeah absolutely I uh I used to be one of those people I'm I'm a real stuck person I I I've been stuck for most of like adulthood even and and it's just recently that I'm like okay this is this has got to go like this is so bad <laughs> I, I just don't want to be this person anymore and I found that after I decided I don't really want to be this person anymore I want to be someone someone different I my interest in witchcraft and any sort of spiritual work and like tarot and it, all of that stuff just started coming back like it just made perfect sense to me when I was ready for a change that magic and, and spirituality would come into it because I I feel like magical and spiritual people know how to change, <laughs> right, if that makes right. sense. They know more about changing than the average person does. I know that that people who don't practice magic change all the time, but I have no idea how that works. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, see, I, st I started with people like Anthony Robbins when I was 17 years old. And yeah. so now... I don't know, my mind is all, it's like a very incestuous blend of like that kind of like awaken the giant within Tony Robbins stuff. And then like all, all this psychology that I've gathered over the years and the self-help and the magic and the witchcraft and the law of attraction, like, and it's all, that's why I say I practice psycho-spiritual magic because it's yeah. like psychology, it's spiritual, it's like it's so many things you know um but again at the heart of it is that idea of transformation and like intentional creation and yeah um, it's very interesting that you said that you felt stuck like I definitely am curious about that um <laughs> like what got you stuck why did you want to get unstuck like how did you know you were stuck oh my goodness I uh you know, I was stuck for a long time and didn't really realize it. And I knew I was stuck because at a certain point, I was like, I've been doing the same thing over and over for probably the last 10 years. <laughs> I realized I had never, I had, all of my jobs lasted the same amount of time. 
all of my relationships lasted the same amount of time. My relationships in the past were all similar. The jobs I got were all similar and I wasn't happy at any of them, but I kept getting the same thing over and over and over. I, you know, was dressing in ways that weren't very comfortable to me and I didn't, I had been doing it for so long that I just, I didn't think about it anymore. And one day I had just left another job, <laughs> another job and, or, or lost a job. I think I got fired that time, <laughs> but I realized like, I can't go out and do this again. I can't go out and get the same stupid job and get the same stupid boyfriend and, and do the same stuff all the time. Why do I keep doing that same stuff? And is it even possible for me to do anything different? And as soon as I asked myself that question, like, is it even possible for me to do something different? I swear to God, everything changed. That's awesome. <laughs> Just the second I was like, can I even do that? It's like something was like, of course you can. Let's get started. <laughs> like they've been sitting there waiting for me. So ever since then, it's like things have changed. You know, I, I don't really date anymore at all because I realized if I go out and date, I'm going to date the same kind of person because I have no idea what I want. I got that job at a metaphysical store because I'm like, this is the kind of job I used to want. Why did I want that? And do I want this again? And I got it. And I realized, yeah, I totally do. Even though before I thought it wasn't even remotely possible. It was months later. It was like maybe two months later that I got the job at the metaphysical store after asking myself, can I even be different? Mm -hmm. So it was just... I got so tired of being the same person all the time. And now I'm completely different. <laughs> that is cool. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah, and I'm I'm still changing all the time and, and I still feel stuck in a lot of things, like especially a lot of my um my bad habits. And some of my bad habits are little things like, you know, playing with my hair too much so it gets all greasy. <laughs> and some of my some of my bad habits are things like um not getting out of bed and accomplishing things. You know, I just wake up and I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, I'm just going to stay in here forever. And so I've gotten better at getting up and maybe just lighting a stick of incense and sitting there for a while. And I usually feel a little bit better. It's just, I'm trying to do things differently all the time. Mm -hmm. And whenever I notice that something about me is stuck or stagnant, I get upset. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we're changing now. This is the time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I became obsessed. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that because I, I like I don't think there is any there there. Like there's not a final destination in terms of as long as we're alive here. I feel like we're yeah. evolving artworks in progress kind of, you know? And um I'm a really big fan of shadow work too. So I was I that kept coming up for me when you were talking about like I don't really know what I want like when in a man or whatever you know or like why I feel stuck and I just think like and again that's why witches practice shadow work so we can figure out like what is going on in my subconscious or like these deep weird layers that I can't touch with my conscious mind and like what is happening here and I love it all. I love that you just light a stick of incense when you're feeling yeah. stuck because that I've talked a little bit about that this month about set and setting and kind of how you can create an instant transformation of the mood just by lighting a stick of incense like you're changing the air you're changing the vibe 
And that might be enough to get you out of bed if you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, and I, I, I have... I have a lot of different incense. I, I just started sell, selling stick incense in my online store. And so I have like, of course, it was like, okay, these packs for the store and these packs for me with every single smell. So I have a lot of incense and I'll, I'll look through it on those times when like that's the only thing I'm going to be able to do for a little while. I'll look through and I'll be like, okay, this is magically used for this. This is magically used for this. And I'll pick something with some magical intention to try and change the mood like uh this morning I was I was in kind of a grumpy mood. So I lit some desert sage incense. And it, it's just got this clearing kind of happy kind of giggly vibration and it totally changed the mood. And I'm like, I'm really glad I did this. Because <laughs> mm. otherwise the rest of my day might have been kind of, I might have been kind of down. But it was that idea that I, I looked through that incense with the intent of clearing up the space and getting myself in a better mood. I think that's what really did it, but the incense smelled great, so that helps. <laughs> right, yeah. And, yeah, and it's the craft of magic, like we were talking yeah. about, right? You're, like, going through your collection and picking the, you know, perfect one. There's kind of an art to it, and not that, yeah. you, not that you can even do it wrong, but... Um, no, that, that's, I think that's what's so great, is that there's no, there's no wrong answer. Mm -hmm. It's very freeing. Yeah, something you said I don't know where because I just sort of like was flipping around <laughs> and binge listening and flipping through your website. But you said, um, prepare to get uncomfortable. Feeling uncomfortable is good because it means you're changing. And so I like drug that out because I was like, that fits in with transformation. Let's talk about that. Um, it really does. Right? <laughs> right? But um, I've come to call, call the, the comfort zone the zone of lies. That's like yeah. what I refer to as the comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> and all magic and transformation happens outside the zone of lies. So um, what did you mean when you said that? You might not even remember saying it because it is something that you said on your podcast, I think. Yeah, I, I, actually, I actually do remember saying it because it, it just popped out. Like I didn't even think about it. It just popped out. And afterwards, I had to take a minute like, wow, that was really smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very impressed with myself. Yeah. But that's actually, um, that's something I learned. I, I recently had to go through a, a treatment program for mental illness and I had to go there every single day for three weeks. And some of the stuff I learned there was not super useful and other stuff really was like, um, like the idea that kind of negative feelings or emotions are not necessarily bad because they indicate that something is going on. And they said that when you're when you're angry or scared or uncomfortable, it's a signal from your brain and your body that you need to pay attention to something here. And when it comes to change, change is hard no matter what. And even when change is good, it can be totally awkward or it can be a lot of work. And so your comfort zone is that coping mechanism you use to never have to deal with anything uncomfortable. But if you're not doing anything uncomfortable, that means everything's staying the same and is exactly the way it's always been and exactly with what you're comfortable with. So you're not doing anything different. You're not getting those signals from your body to pay attention to anything. So you pay attention to nothing. Nothing matters anymore. It's, it's a coping mechanism to keep yourself safe. And like, sometimes you really have to retreat into somewhere comfortable and like calm down. But for the most part, if you're living your whole life in that comfort zone, you're never experiencing anything different. You're never feeling any other or new emotions. You're not doing anything 
new with your life. You're not growing or changing at all. So sometimes you have to look at those uncomfortable times and uncomfortable feelings as like a good thing because it means that at the end of this, you're going to get something totally different. Yeah. You know what? And the irony is there's no real escape into the comfort zone because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the irony of it. You f have yeah. this weird, vague feeling that you're missing out on something or that life is passing you by or kind of the anger at yourself. Um, yeah, you feel stuck and you recognize that you're stuck and it's frustrating. So it's not like you're even all that much more comfortable. No, no, yeah, it's just a pattern. It's a, um, I guess those patterns get rusty and locked in place, but it, it's, <laughs> And we tell ourselves that we're comfortable or like it's an escape. But again, it's like there's plenty of demons in that circle as well. Yeah, absolutely. So even now, sometimes, uh, like I said, I've been working on mental health. And every now and then I find myself thinking, God, being depressed was so much easier because <laughs> I could just I could just wallow in this all day long and not have to really deal with it or think about it or do anything else. And I was also so depressed, you know, I didn't really care about that, the fact that I hadn't done it later either. So sometimes it feels more comfortable to be in that comfort zone, but you're suffering in there. You're giving up something to be inside. Inside that circle of lies, you're making a sacrifice to be in there for sure. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for talking about the scary F words, fat, feminist talking about mental illness, talking about I'm not perfect, I have, you know, these bad habits or whatever. I think that is so important for people to hear because, um, and I think podcasts and the internet in general are doing a really great service that way and bringing yeah. like a sense of humanity. Because when I grew up, we had our like perfect idols. And if they did something wrong, it was like in the tabloids and it was like, shame, shame, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Oprah gained back all of her weight. <laughs> Let's attack her for like six months in the magazines. Oh, and, poor know, Oprah. God. <laughs> But she was really one of the first that I experienced, maybe the first, that was actually like, hey, I'm flawed. I have all this, you know, these things happened to me. I was molested when I was a child. I, I tried cocaine once. I did, like, and it yeah. was just like, whoa, you, we could talk about this stuff? And now we have people yeah. like you making podcasts and just keeping it real. And it's so validating for listeners, you know, like. Oh, I'm so glad. That's That's really what I want. Like, I just, the feeling I get when I get, a message from someone who heard a podcast and was like, I've been through the exact same thing. And I've, I've always wondered if other people feel this, like that does so much for me. And the idea that I'm doing the same thing just by making the podcast, like it, sometimes I can't even think about it. I get a little bit like teary, like, Oh my God, I'm helping people. And it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. But the messages I get back make me feel the exact same thing. Like I, it's so cleansing to find other people that are like, yeah, this is normal. You're a normal person and you can go on and, and be happy and have a good life no matter what you've been through. Yeah, that's, what I, that's why I struggle with the word fans. I, I, usually just use, <laughs> I usually use the word tribe because I feel like, I don't know, somehow like we're all in this together, you know? Um, yeah, fans feels weird. Yeah, I I've, I've say it, it from time weird. to time and every time I do, there's a little voice in my head that's like, are they fans? Are they friends? Like, I, I don't know. Like, we've got, like, this tribal thing going on, I feel like. We're, like, kindred spirits going on a journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fan almost implies that there's some sort of, like, 
hierarchy, you know, like all those little people that love me and like this. Yes, yeah. I'm trying not to, I I don't want to talk like that. Like, I don't want to feel like other people think that way either. And I'm always like, oh, fan is the wrong word. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think podcasts are magical. Speaking of magic. Um, So let's tell people all the ways to connect with you. Um, Okay. (laughs) There's a lot. (laughs) Okay. Well, we know that they're going to go subscribe to the Fat Feminist Podcast. And then they're going to leave you a five-star review on iTunes because it's awesome. And it really helps. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. I tell people all the time, please leave me a review. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that it like really makes a difference, but it, it actually does. <laughs> yes, if you love a podcast, people, any podcast, and you want it to stick around, leave it a review so more people can find it. Yeah, because otherwise it's honestly just going to fade into obscurity. It'll be gone. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah, they disappear. Uh, but yeah, people can do that. So I... I I use an Apple iPhone. I don't <laughs> I don't really have Android devices, so I don't know where you can find podcasts on Android devices. But um, Apple Podcasts, you can find it, or at Podbean.com or FatFeministWitch.Podbean.com. They host my podcast, and you can find it through them. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram's my favorite, and I even kind of use Tumblr sometimes. <laughs> and you can find me there by either looking up Fat Feminist Witch or The Fat Feminist Witch, and I will come up on almost all of those. I love Instagram. It's my favorite one, and I love looking at everybody's photos, so I, I really hope people follow me there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the the new group, the Witch and Bitch group, through Patreon is so, so much fun, and it costs a little bit of money. It's 10 bucks to get started and, and more there, but there's lots of extras, and... Uh, the more people that join the group, the more fun it is and the more different perspectives we have. And we have a book club. We have a club with um, herbs and crystals. So you learn a little bit about a featured herb and crystal every month. And if you choose that that program on Patreon, you get that stuff in your mailbox. Um, and it's just been really exciting to connect with a lot of other people all at one time, all in one big discussion. Like we do meditations together and then people will describe the things they saw. And it's, it's really, really interesting. It's almost like a, like being in a coven, but online. <laughs> mm-hmm. The word on the street is that Patreon's going to start allowing um, live streaming too. So you all will be able to do that together on, yeah. you won't have to like migrate over to Facebook or wherever you guys are doing it now. Yeah. It's really amazing how, um, how how much people are trying to connect with each other on the internet. Like social media is really making it possible for me to talk to people in real time all the time. They can see my face. They can hear my voice. Like it's like we're in the same room. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I get really excited about social media, even though sometimes I really can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a Twitter, I'm a Twitter nerd. I love the Twitter. Not so much. Facebook. You know what? I love Twitter. I used to think Twitter was, was kind of wacky and I didn't get it but now that I've figured out that Twitter is for talking to other people you can connect with tons of different people so I'm loving Twitter lately yeah good for conversations with strangers yeah and like lots of um like magazines or other online blogs and stuff host like chats and stuff on Twitter and I think that's really fun I might try that soon <laughs> yeah 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 well thank you so much for doing this I really loved getting to know you it was awesome yeah, I was really excited to be on, and the fact that it's a, a quote-unquote fan request is really... <laughs> I know! 
I was telling my sister that yesterday, and she's like, oh, my God, girl, I think you've arrived. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> You're rich and famous. That's, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I need that on a T-shirt. They make it. I want a witch and famous pillow. They make it. Just Google witch and famous. It's, it's fabulous. Oh. And I want it to be fancy. I want to put some tassels on it and sleep on it at night with a beautiful face mask. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Oh, thanks. You too. Bye, everybody. Much love. Peace. <laughs> Bye.